Okay, so the truth is this subject goes back to Daf Nun Hey, but we have it in a few blot in a row in Shabbos on Daf Nun Dalit Amid Beis, Daf Nun Hey, Nun Vav Amid Beis, Nun Zayin Amid Beis, and then it also gets involved with what the Daf Yomi is doing now in Samaches and Samachtes with the Tinuk Shenishpa Sugyo. So let's jump into the mitzvah of Tochacha today and uh, try to make some heads and tails out of the entire discussion and it might be a good background, a good framework for next week in Mirza Shem. So the Gemara in Shabbos quotes the Pasuk in Yecheskel. Yecheskel has a vision of the Malachim coming down and destroying many people during the times of the Bayes Rishon. And the Pasuk says as follows, that Hashem said to the Malach, go through the city, through Yerushalayim, and you should place a mark of the letter Tav on the foreheads of those people who sigh and moan. What are they sighing and moaning over? Al kol on all of the toevos, all of the abominations, all of the averos that are happening within Yerushalayim. What was the point of placing this mark on the forehead of the people who were, who were mourning over all of the averos? So clearly they were the tzaddikim. And Hashem was basically telling the Malach, I want these people to be saved because they're righteous. So the Gemara explains the conversation that took place between the Midas Hadid and the Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Midas Adin says to Hashem, What's the difference? Why are you putting a tuff with ink on the foreheads of those who are tzaddikim? And the Gemara says that there's a tuff with blood on the foreheads of the Rishayim. What's the difference between the two? Hashem says back, What do you mean, what's the difference? These are tzaddikim gemurim. These are purely righteous people. And these are Rishayim. There's a massive difference. So the Midas Adin responds to Hashem, but listen, it's nice they're moaning and they're groaning over all of the Averos, but they should have said something. They should have made a macha. They should have given tochacha. It was in their hands. They had the ability to make a macha, and they chose not to do so. And that's really the famous brice that we have here in the bottom of Daf Nun Dalim Beis. Call me Sheev Shalimchos Lanche Beiso Velomicha. Anyone who can say something to the members of his household who are doing something inappropriately, and he chooses not to, Nitva Salanche Beiso. Then he's responsible, he's considered as if he's doing the same Avera as the Anche Beiso. The Anche Iro, if he has the capacity or the influence to say something to members of his city to change their Hanhaga, and he chooses not to, then Nitvas Al Anche Iro, he's going to be held responsible for what's happening in the city. Bechola Olam, and if someone has the influence, someone has the power to actually make a change in the entire world, and they hold themselves back, then Nitvas Al Kola Olam, they will be held responsible for the entire world. So that was the, the claim of the Midas Adin. How can you call these people tzaddikim? They should have said something. They should have intervened. So Hashem says back, No, I know that if they would have said something, they would have made a macha, 
Lo yikablu mehem, the Rishoyim would not have accepted it. They wouldn't have changed their ways. Says the Midas Hadin, back to Hashem. Im lefanecha galui, lehem mi galui. Granted, you know, you know everything. And you know that they wouldn't listen, but the tzaddikim didn't know that, and therefore they should be held responsible for not giving tochacha. And the Pasuk in Yecheskel goes on to say that they were indeed included in the destruction that took place. So Tosvos over here, <clears throat> on the top of Daphne Hay, he says we could derive from this sugya that the only time you're responsible for the avera that someone else is doing is If you have a suffolk, if there's a, a chance that they might accept your tochacha and you don't give them the tochacha, then you're going to be held responsible. But in a case where for sure they would not listen to what you have to say, they don't care about your frumkeit, so then, honach lehem, let them do whatever they're doing. Mutav shogegim mazidim. Let them continue doing something with some level of shogeg, rather than tell them, and therefore creating more of an awareness that what they're doing is wrong, and they're going to continue doing, and that's going to be a greater avera. So the sheet of Tosvos is that the only time you have a chiv, or to say it more accurately, the only time you would be nitfas ba'avon, you would be considered part of the avera that's being done, is if you didn't know what they would do. You didn't know that they would totally ignore you. But if you know the personality, you've had conversations about this in the past, and you understand that you have no chance of changing them, so then you would be off the hook. And that's the sheet of Tosfus. Now he's quoting the Gemara in Be'a. The Gemara in Be'a is one of the other famous Gemaras we have regarding the Mitzvah Tochacha. This is the Gemara in Daf Lamed Abed Aleph, where it speaks about dancing and clapping hands on Shabbos. And it also speaks about the idea of uh, certain people who are on Maratzin, they were eating right up to Yom Kippur. And they were not being Mosif on, uh, on Yom Kippur, the Inu Yom Kippur. So the Gemara over there says, "Don't say anything to them because Hanach lehem liYisrael mutav sheishogim valyu mazidim. If they're doing uh, dance moves that are not really mutter and Shabbos, let it go. Better they should be shogeg and not mazid." Then the Gemara has a step in Beya where it says maybe that's only true if it's a derabanan, but if it's a deraisa, then maybe you have to say something. But the Gemara seems to refute that. It says, Velohi, Loshna de Raisa, Veloshna de Rabbanin, doesn't make a difference. Lo Amrinan Lahu, Velo Midi, don't say anything, even if what they're doing is a de Raisa. Because Tosefis Yom Kippurim, it's not a Beferish Pasik, it's not explicit in the Torah, but we have a Drasha, and the idea of starting the fast a little bit early, Arab Yom Kippur, is actually a mitzvah de Raisa. And we would still say, let them do what they're doing, better to be shogig and not mazid. All the Mephoshim point out, and the rush over here in Be'a says explicitly, the only time we say, is if you know for sure they're not going to listen. If you have a suffix, if I'm not 100% sure that you're going to ignore me, then I would be mechuyiv to say something, not only for a mitzvah deraisa, but also for a mitzvah derabanan. 
And at face value, that fits beautifully with the Gemara and Shabbos, according to Tosavos. If there's a chance they might accept the Tochacha, then give it to them. You never know. There's interesting chufa that Ramosha Feinstein has regarding the custom of a shul to make a hachraza to announce before the tekiya shofar that from now until the end of Musaf it is usher to speak. Thou shall not be mafsik between tekiya shofar and the conclusion of Musaf. What, what bad, what harm is there in making such an announcement? So the question that Ramosha is addressing is, let's say you have some people in the shul, you know they're not going to listen to you. They've been coming to shul davening Rosh Hashanah for the last 45 years. Maybe they'll have herhure tshuva, but probably not. Or let's say you know bevadai not. They're going to continue schmoozing even after Tikiya Shofar sometime during uh, the Chazaras Hashats of Musaf. Should you therefore keep quiet, or should you say something anyway? So explains Rav Moshe, this is the Negros Moshe Chelik Beis, or Chaim, Simen Lamed Vav. He says, <clears throat> If you're not sure that they won't ignore you, then you have to say something, you have to make that announcement. And for sure, if you could teach them the halacha at some point prior to Yantif, you should do so. The only case where we would tell the, the gabbai or the, the rabbi not to make that announcement is if you know everyone sitting in that shul will ignore you and not pay attention to your instructions. Venira poshit. And this is a very interesting, very relevant halacha when it comes to teaching people who are on their journey. They're becoming balei tshuva. They're not fully shomer Torah mitzvos yet. Ramosha paskins. Whenever you're teaching a halacha, whenever you're teaching Torah, melamdin lo kol davar kafi hadin. Even though you know they're not ready to accept it yet. You can never give a psak that's inaccurate just because you know they can't really live up to the requirements of the Torah. Now within those two lines of Ramosha, you could make a diuk in both directions. You could say... Doesn't make a difference where they're holding, what step of their journey they're in. You have to teach them everything, and even if you know they're not going to be able to do it, lay it on thick. From the next line, though, it sounds like maybe the only restriction is that you can't tell them shalokidin. Don't ever give wrong information. That's absolutely unacceptable. But he says, He says, if they're not asking a question, and I don't have to change or tweak or warp the actual authentic halacha, which I can never do, then to hold back information, because I know you're not ready to hear it yet, that would be okay. And we're not going to have time to get into different applications of that, but... Often when you're learning with the chassan and kala who are growing in their shmiras ha-mitzvos and there are certain harchakas or certain restrictions that 
you know, might, uh, might push them farther away from embracing Yadus. So you're not mechuyiv to tell them everything. You should let them know there's definitely more to learn. And Amir Tzashem, as we grow, we can learn more of the details and more of the, uh, the wisdom of the halacha. But the one thing we can't do is we can never change or warp or give inaccurate information. He says the only time you would have to say something if you know the, the, the recipient will not listen is midin macha. And here there's no need to make a macha because they're shogeg and they're not mazid. So we see within this small chuva of emotion, we're going to see it in many other places as well, there's really shnei dinim when it comes to tochacha. There are two different ideas. One is... If I think I could prevent you from doing something wrong, I'm mechuyib to try. And sometimes, even if I know I can't stop you, if you're doing it b'mezid, then you still might have the obligation to make a macha. Now we'll have to explore what's the point of making a macha if they're going to totally ignore you. But there are two different ideas here. So he says the only time we have an Indian of making a macha is if they're doing an iser b'mezid. And when the Gemara in Beya says, Mutav mazidim, you have to have two factors. Number one is that you know it's Shogeg, and number two is you know they're not going to listen to you. Getting back to his case of people in the shul, he says, if you have even a few people in the shul that you think might listen to your instructions, then you're mechuyiv to give them the, uh, the Das Torah. Tell them the Halacha. And even though you might have 45 people that are not going to listen to you, and you're transforming their shogeg into a mazid, you have a responsibility to teach and to help those people who will listen to you. That's the psak of Ramosha. But at least what we have here is we have these two Gemaras, the Gemara in Shabbos and the Gemara in Be'ah. <clears throat> I want to share with you the rush. The rush on the Gemara in Be'ah quotes the sheet of the Bala Itter. The Baal Itter writes as follows. Even though it's clear from the Gemara that whenever someone's a shogeg, that's factor number one. And factor number two, you know they're not going to listen to you, then there's no chiv to give tochacha. That's true for a derabonin, and even a deraisa, the Gemara says, explains the Baal Itter, that's only true if it's not beferush in the Pasuk. That's only true if it's not explicit in the Torah itself. But if there's something black and white in the Chumash, Lo Savoru Eish Bechol Mosh Vosechem Beyom Shabbos, don't light a fire on Shabbos. That's explicit. So then explains the Bala Itter, even if it is Beshogeg, and even if they're not going to listen to you, then you have to say something. What's the rationale? Why does that make it any more you know, severe or, or important? So many Achronim assume that when something's black and white, it's not really shogeg. The assumption was, and I'm not sure how much this applies nowadays, unfortunately, but at least in the time of the Gemara, if, if a person has any background whatsoever, they know what's written in Chumash. So you, you can't assume they're fully a shogeg, and therefore, even if you know they're not going to listen to you, you still might have to say something mitam macha, because you have to make a point, you have to put your foot down. There happens to be, parenthetically, a very intriguing machlokus between the Pnei Yoshua and the Orach Lener, we find in the first blot of the Gemara and Sukkah, 
where when it comes to Shabbos restrictions, right, so we quoted one particular malacha that happens to be explicit in the beginning of Pasha's Vayakel. But we know that generally the 39 malachos are not at all mefurish in the Torah. It's learned that it's a brysa and Shabbos we had on Daf Vav. Daf Memtes. One of those two. Right? I think it's Daf Memtes. So the Shaila is like this. If it's not explicit, it says, keep Shabbos. The Shomra B'nai Yisrael is a Shabbos, you know, but it doesn't actually list the Malacha. Is that considered something that's Mefurish Bekra or not? That's a Machlokas, the Pnei Yeshua, and the Orech Liner. We'll leave that aside for now, though. But I want to share with you the question of the Bir Halacha, and this gets into many applications to Lacha Lemaisa. The Bir Halacha has the following Kasha on the, on the opinion of the Bala Itter. It says, one second. You're telling me that if something is explicit in the Torah, then even if you know they're not going to listen, then you have to say something. How about the Gemara we had in Shabbos? The Gemara in Shabbos was talking about a case of the people who were moaning and groaning, They were mourning over all of the Averos that were happening in Yerushalayim, in their presence. And there, from the back and forth of the Gemara and Daf Nunhei, it sounds like if they would have known for sure that their tochacha would be disregarded, then they really would have been off the hook. And the only reason why they were held responsible is because they didn't know that. Only Hashem knew that, but they didn't. So the kasha the Berlacha has in the Bala Itter is, if it says they were mourning over all of the Averos taking place, and many of those Averos were Mefurish Bekra, they're explicit in the Chumash, so even if they knew for sure that the people would not listen to them, they should be obligated to say something. Do you appreciate that question on the Balaiter? Does that make sense? <clears throat> I'm not getting much feedback. I have a Rabbi Hecht who gave me a thumbs up and then back to the black screen to enjoy the rest of his dinner. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> enjoy. But that's the question the Biralacha has on the Bal Itter. So he says a beautiful distinction which we'll have to, Mitzvah Hashem, apply in many areas of halacha. And this comes up. We're not going to have enough time to get into all the cases now. I feel bad. But there's so many interactions with friends and family, with frum and non-frum, where these halachas are so incredibly relevant. It says the Biralacha as follows. The whole sugya of Shabbos, from Daf Nun Dalet Amit Beis, really through Daf Nun Zayin, it always speaks about this idea, that if you don't say something, then you're nitvas ba'avon. Then it's considered like you're mamish doing that issa yourself. And that's how the Rebbe Yonah actually learns the Pasuk in Chumash in Parshish Kedoshim. Ha'ocheach tochiach esa misecha velo sisa alav chet. Give your fellow criticism when it's called for, and do not bear a sin. So the Pashim Shad in Losisa Lovchet is do it in a way where you're not going to hurt his feelings. Right? Don't be mavayish him when giving tochacha, and that's obviously true. But the Rebbe Yonah says there's also a deeper understanding of that Pasuk. 
And therefore, by giving him the tochacha, lo sisa love hate, you will not be responsible for the hate that he's doing. Otherwise, you would be responsible for the hate that he's doing. So says the Berlacha, the discussion of if you know they're going to reject you, all that does is take away the, the concept of nitvas ba'avon. If I know I can't stop them from doing whatever they're doing, then it's not logical to say it's considered that I'm doing it also because I could have prevented it. I, I, I couldn't have done anything. I could be yelling and screaming until t- tomorrow and they're not going to listen to me. So there's no issue of nitfas be'ovan when you know they're not going to listen. There's a second halacha like we mentioned from Ramosha, and now we're seeing it from the Bir Halacha. There's a, there's a separate din, which is, you have to make a macha. It's not going to change them, but you have to take a stand. What's the point of making a macha? That explains how the Bala Itter fits into the Gemara. All the Gemara is talking about is nitvas ve'avon. And that, if you knew theoretically they were going to disregard you, you wouldn't be nitvas ve'avon. But you still have to make a macha. That everyone agrees to. So the Rebbe Yonah says that the reason why you would have to say something, even though it's falling on deaf ears, is because otherwise it might look like you're maskim to what they're doing. It looks like I may be in agreement. Shtika kahoda. Now obviously a lot depends on, on the scenario and the different factors that are involved. If I'm not really connected with what's going on, and an onlooker would not view me as participating or, or condoning what's happening, so then maybe the macha would not be necessary. But in any situation where I'm part of a group, I'm part of an institution, and whatever happens here is reflective not only on those people, but also on me, then I have to stand up, even if I know it's not going to change anybody's mind, that's midin macha. That's how the Rebbe explains the second idea within Tochacha. Now, to get to the Shulchan Aruch itself, Halacha Lemaisa, the Mechaber pretty much quotes the Gemara and Beya, where again, if you have those two factors, namely, you know for sure it's Shogeg, and you know for sure they're not going to listen to you, then because it's Shogeg, there's no Din Macha, and because they're not going to listen, there's no Din of Nitvas Ba'avon, and you don't have to say anything, better not to say anything. And then the Ramah, quotes from the Bala Itter. The Ramah quotes the Halacha that the exception of the Gemara and Beya is if it's Mefurish Bekra, if it says explicitly in the Pasuk not to do something, then we can't ever assume that it's only uh, Shogeg, and therefore you would have to say something. You would have to make a Macha. So the Ramah definitely paskins like the Bala Itter. So what does that mean, Halacha Lemaisa? If you see Right before we get to cases of from and non from, but you're in a in a business setting, you're having your weekly meeting, and everyone is talking lush and hara, everyone is putting down Nancy, poor Nancy, they smash her every week, right? All of the the mistakes that she's making, and so would you have a chiv to give tochacha? They know, right? They're all from people. And they know that Lashon Hara is Asr. But I know they're not going to listen to me. 
and they're going to view me as a from me. Would I have to say anything in that case? According to the Mechaber, which is the Pashib Shat in the Gemara in Beya, what would you say? The Mechaber would say, Beya is only applicable if it's Bishogeg and they're not going to listen to you. But here it's not Bishogeg, it's Bimezid. So, Lachar, you would have to say something, Mitam Macha. And the Ramah would for sure say that because he holds like the Balitur. Is the Isser of Lashon Hara Mefurish Bakra? Yeah. Don't, don't spread gossip. So it's explicit in the Pasuk, even though they're not going to listen to me, it would seem that both the Machaber and the Ramah would tell me, you have to say something. Now the Machaber is not so simple because we did mention that the Din of Macha it, it does not apply in all cases. And there might be many scenarios where it's not going to look like I'm maskim, and if for sure if I'm not participating and I'm not getting, giving any expression of nichusa, of enjoyment from the conversation, then likely you would not have to make a macha and you could be off the hook. But according to the Ramah, if it's explicit in the Pasuk, you have to say something. So is that how we paskin? Right, that would that would create a lot of awkward situations potentially, because we definitely have uh, many interactions where people are doing things that are usur and that are mafurish bakra. And according to the Ramah, I would have to say something, even though they're not going to listen. Right. So I want to share with you a couple of heterim, and then I want to explore briefly how the Chafetz Chaim himself seems to paskin in the Sefer Chafetz Chaim. One hatter is the Sharat Siyam quotes from other Rishonim, the Meiri and the Smag, and the Rebbeinah Yonah also holds this way, that they were of the opinion that whenever you know someone's not going to accept Tochacha, even if it's B'mezid, you don't have to say anything. Right? So that would be a whole different rendering of the Gemara. That even B'mezid, if they're not going to listen to you, you don't have to say anything. So there is another sheet out there in the Rishonim, but that doesn't seem to be how the Ramah is paskating. There's a Birlacha, though, that says, again, this is in Tafresh Ches. The Birlacha quotes from the Sefer Chasidim that the only time we have a Chiyuv to give someone Tochacha is if it's somebody you're close with, somebody you have a relationship with, then it's viewed, right? It's a chaver, it's a friend. But assuming you don't have that relationship with them, even if it's mefurish bekra, you will not be obligated to give him tochacha. So that happens to be a major heter. And it's not just the heter, but oftentimes, if you don't have a, a close kesher with somebody, saying anything will not be appreciated, and likely it could do more harm than good. Chafetz Chaim speaks about a case in the Sefer Chafetz Chaim and Klal Vav, where he says, if you're in this group of people who are sharing Lashon Hara about Nancy, and you're Mishayer, you make the assessment that if you were to give any Tochacha that would only add fuel to their fire, then it would be completely usher to give any Tochacha. Because that's not just the case where it's not going to, to have an impact where the Ramah would say, but it's still explicit, you got to say something. If it's going to make matters worse, then you can't say something. 
So one major hatter is if I don't have that relationship with the person and therefore it's not my chiyuv and if anything I could be doing more harm than good. Another major hatter would be if um, just based on the relationship or based on circumstance I'm only going to enhance the isra that's taking place then obviously better I should say nothing. Uh, there's one other potential hetter where if someone is not Shomer Toru Mitzvos, the Bira Lacha says that would not be in the Pasuk of because that person, even if it's no fault of their own, and that's going to be a segue to our next conversation in Mirza Shem with the Tinuk Shanishpa, they're not to be blamed, and when they stand before the Boreolam, they could have a lot of Gan Eden. But halachically speaking, if they're porig ol mitzvos, they are not bechlal amisecha, and therefore the chiv of tochacha would not apply. Right, so these are three major exceptions to the rule of when and if to give tochacha. Now I will share with you in closing, the Chafetz Chaim himself, we're not going to have time to go through the diukim, but in the Sefer Chafetz Chaim, Although he does quote the Ramah in one place, it's fairly clear in at least two other places that he paskins like the Rabbeinu Yonah, like the Me'iri, like the Smag, who hold that if you know they're not going to listen, then you're not mechoyev to say anything, even if it's explicit in the Pasuk. So it does sound from the Sefer Chafetz Chaim that he paskins like the other Rishonim against the Ramah which would also be a tremendous kula. Emir Tzeshem, with some of these Yesodos, next week we're going to get involved with the many cases of Tinek Shanishba, and we'll see the, uh, the relationship between the mitzvah of Tochacha and their obligation towards our fellow brothers and sisters who uh, don't have the education or exposure of Torah. Any questions or ha'aras before we end? Yes, Rabbi Wilkach. One question about the Lashon Hara case. If the halacha is clear in the Torah that, that what they're doing is that, that the Avera is, exists, and they know that, but the more heter of, well, it's not Lashon Hara, it's, it's probably okay, and people know about it, or whatever, you know, does that factor into to the mazid of it? So it could definitely factor into the mazid of it. We do find that idea that even if somebody knows something's usher, but they're not aware of the extent or the severity of it. But again, because the Chafetz Chaim seems to paskin like the other Rishonim, Kenegad the Ramah, I'm not sure Halacha Lomaisa that would make too much of an Afkamina. But it all comes down to being honest with our assessment. If we feel they're going to listen, or we feel they might listen, so then I really should be saying something. It's only if I know based on history or based on personality. We can never know for sure we're not Nevi'im, but it's Korov Levadai. They're going to ignore the Tochacha. In that case, the Rebbe Yona and the Chafetz Chaim would say, no need to give Tochacha, even if it's Mefurish Bekra. Okay. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Hope to see you tomorrow for our Lechaim at 5.45. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you to Rabbi Yisrael Hecht for sharing the idea with us. Mr. Abraham, this goes to people living in Detroit as well, not just Boca members. Okay. Have a good night, everybody.
Take care. Take care. Good